Hey, you're listening to the Smoke Meat Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Smoke Meat's brought to you by Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar Building. Joe's is such a great place. You need to go. Jeremy and the gang make you feel like you've been there a hundred times, and it's just wonderful. You know, from the first time you walk in the door, you you got a building full of friends. So many great people there. Such great food, great drinks, great people. You know, remember, I goes to Joe's and so should you. At Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar building. Now today, my guest is just amazing. He is such a funny guy. His name is Ron Russell, and he is on the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Um, I just don't even know what to say about Ron. He's just a handful. I love him. We had such a great time. How many of my shows ever started out with people talking about which way my smoked meat was hanging and breast implants? This thing was just so much fun. We, we had such a great talk. So without further ado, we're going to get this beast kicked off here on Smoked Meat. So how you doing today, Ron? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, if I was any better, I would be twins. I've been looking and forward ha- to this. And, and how's your... Your smoked meat, is it swinging? My smoked meat's always swinging. (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell did you get that title from, smoked meat? I love it. Oh, man. I I actually, it's a weird story. I had two strokes five years ago. And I had a friend who hunts a lot, and he doesn't like wild game. So he would kill a deer or a pig, and he would call me and my other friend and say, come get it. So, you know, the meat don't go to waste. So I'm sitting at home. I can't work. So one, it's free food, and two, you know, I'm I'm learning to process these things. I'm I'm making sausages. I'm making I make a venison pastrami. Oh, the venison pastrami is great, and that well, you're, you're, helped get me through it. You're talking to somebody who doesn't believe in killing animals, yeah. so I'm not impressed. You know, I wish people would not hunt. I understand that deer. Uh, multiply in such great amounts that you have to kill them to keep it down. Yeah. Uh, I just, they're beautiful. You know, remember Bambi? I don't think you remember Bambi. You're too young, probably. But Bambi was a cartoon years ago by Disney mm-hmm. about a little deer, and its mother was shot by a wicked hunter, and the little deer had to grow up on its own. Mm-hmm. Beautiful movie. Anyway, oh, when, let's when talk get, about... When we get done with this, I've got some pictures I'm going to send you from my phone. There's a, a dead don't send me no dead no animal. no. This is beautiful, man. It's like thirty feet from my back door every day. There's a mama deer, okay, and a baby deer with spots that feed in my yard every day. Okay, yeah. Now, how long are we on the air for? Uh, however long you want to be. Oh, good. About a week. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to talk about breasts, women's breasts, because we had Adrian Barbeau on our show yesterday, mm-hmm. and I posted a picture of Adrian with her cleavage and decolletage that was outstandingly beautiful, and no one on my Facebook page made comment about her beautiful cleavage and her gorgeous large breasts, mm-hmm. and I just feel that men are being. Uh, their wangs are being chopped off, okay? Mm-hmm. Why do women spend thousands of dollars to put saltwater bags in their chest to have big boobs? And then when a guy looks at them and smiles, they say, hey, filthy pig, my eyes are up here. And they insult men. I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, 
when you, in, if I, like, in other words, if I walked around naked and was swinging 11 or 12 inches and people were saying, wow, that's some big wang you've got, I would say thank you mm-hmm. because I want them to see it. And if I didn't want them to see it, I wouldn't, you know, I would have kept it strapped to my leg with tape. Yeah. Like Chris Pine does. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, so I don't understand. You don't have call-in, do you? No, I don't. I wish I did. I'm working on it. Oh, okay. If you had call-in, I would ask the women out there. So what's the story, ladies? You got big boobs. You hang them out. I mean, I go to all the red carpets and the Oscar events. Gorgeous. All our friends are so gorgeous. They're like my grandchildren, you know, because I'm an old guy. And these girls are in their 30s. And they come to the the events in these gowns at skin tight with their buns out and their boobs out. And if you make a comment about it, they get very offended. Mm -hmm. Now, I make a lot of movies and television. I've been working in the business 58 years. So I remember years ago, we could kid around with the people we worked with. Yeah. I mean, we made jokes. One actress, I won't mention her name, but she's very endowed naturally. And uh, we were working together and we had such fun about her boobs. Everything she did, we made it wisecrack and she laughed and we laughed. Not anymore. Now you go on a set, you get in trouble. I mean, I was being wired for a movie, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a gay guy. I'm married to Jimmy Starr for nine years. I'm not out there cheating. I'm not out there hitting on women or men. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do that. Yeah. He's wiring me, and he's trying to get the wire up my slacks. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't. I said, just a minute. I have underwear on. I'll drop my pants, and we'll pull the wire up. Mm-hmm. Now he's on his knees pushing the wire up. And I said, oh, by the way, while you're down there, ha, ha, ha. That's a joke. Well, uh, Lionsgate had a canary. Lionsgate, they have a spy that stands there watching everything because you have to do everything by the letter. Mm -hmm. They reprimanded me. They said, we will not have any of that kind of conduct on the set. I said, what kind of conduct? What kind of conduct was it? It was a fucking joke. What are you making such a big McGiller about? Anyway, getting back to breasts, which all the guys out there are interested in hearing about. I'm sure you agree with me. How many men tell their wives, I want big boobs, and their wives put in big boobs? Mm -hmm. Then when the men go out with their wives and other men look at their wives, they beat the men up that looked at the wives with the big boobs. So my feelings are that big boobs cause more trouble than they're worth because they are fake. They do sound like an ocean when you wiggle them. Mm And I suspect in some of these boobs are so big that when they put seawater in, the Titanic went in with it and they thought it was a tumor. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Anyway, what do you think? I, mean, I see I'm taking over your show now. I'm interviewing you. Oh, you're fine. I, I, you're fine. I can't help. Man. Yeah, but I can't help interviewing. I've been doing it. Do you know how many people I've interviewed? At least three. I mean, Yeah, right. I'm in, the, <laughs> I'm in the business interviewing now about 18 years and Jimmy and I said, over 9,000 people I have interviewed. Nice. And I said, Jimmy, that can't possibly be. That's bullshit. He said, no, Ron, we do two a week. That's two, four, that's eight a month. We're, in the, we're on the air nine years. Do the math. Plus, my set the record show, plus prior to that, I, I did interviews when I lived in New York. Mm-hmm. And when you look back in retrospect, you say, Oh, my God, you know, no wonder I'm burnt out. <laughs> and I don't know who's what and where or when. Yeah. Because your brain just can't 
obtain all those people. So Jimmy will say to me, oh, look, we watch a movie. He'll say, oh, so-and-so was on our show. I said, when? Hmm. I don't remember. How do you feel? How many shows have you done? I'm, I'm coming up on 100 right now. Um, 100? Show. It, so can you, can you remember all 100 people? No. 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 No, it's impossible. I remember impossible. little snippets of each one, a lot of them. And it's funny watching my style evolve. Because when I first started, you know, it was very dry. It was my radio voice. You know, I'd, if, if you were my second or third interview, it would have been like, so, Ron, thank you for joining us today. What do you do? Oh, I hate that phony and, shit. Yeah, I do too. Oh. Yeah, I like oh. what we're doing. We're sitting here talking, you know. When I don't when, do interviews. Yeah. And I told that to Jimmy. Do not put me on an interview. I do conversation conversation yeah people relate I, i'm not going to answer that stupid question how did you get in the business what do you do but it's boring nobody gives a shit people yeah. want to know about ron russell is he gay who's he with is he living with jimmy was he married does he have children what is he like uh what what crazy stuff has he done on the set this is what makes a show interesting yeah but for me to come on your show and say oh my new movie is and you can see it at and then I have another film coming out, and then there's something. Who the fuck is a shit about your career? You know, worry about your own career. Let's find out who you are. Exactly. We allowed a curse on your show. Yeah. Oh, good. Because uh, I have a dirty mouth. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I was born and you know raised in Brooklyn. Tough guy. You know, my first my first experience with anybody from Brooklyn. My brother used to drive a truck, and he had a partner who was from Brooklyn, born and raised. And they came down to our little town near out of Augusta, Thompson, Georgia, one night and stopped at the truck stop. And they called me and my mom up there. Come eat with us. We're like, cool. We went up there. Well, his partner at the end of the meal took a $50 bill and put it on top of the water glass that was full and flipped it over really fast where it was between the table and the glass. And it didn't leak. And we got up Could to it. pay and the waitress went to bust the table and she saw the $50 bill. And she picked up that glass. Of course, water went everywhere. And oh, she, that was she started to say something to him. She looked at him real mean, and he looked up and said, what, you fucking got paid for it? And she just right. started laughing. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, Brooklyn people are like no other people in the world, especially I'm Italian. Mm. So if you're an Italian from Brooklyn, you are like no one else. We were raised with Brooklyn Italian values. Mm -hmm. uh, our values were... My father taught me never bend down to, to any man unless it's to pick him up. Mm -hmm. uh, my father taught me equality because I was raised in a neighborhood where there were no such thing as uh, racism or people that are, are different. We were all different, every color, every nationality, every religion. And we all got along. We hung out. We played basketball. We, we ran the streets of Brooklyn and, and Long Island when, when I moved there. It was a different world and a different time. Mm -hmm. uh, I was taught good values. Respect elderly. If you're on a subway and an old lady is standing up, give her your seat. Uh, hello, how do you do? May I thank you? Have a good day. Those were the words I was taught. Yeah. Unfortunately, today, young people are on a subway and you could be a cripple and they won't give you a seat. Uh, it's terrible how, I guess, my generation of parents did not teach their children what their parents taught them yeah because my generation rebelled they didn't want to wear a tie a white shirt and a jacket to go to a restaurant they didn't want to have manners and be polite and speak intelligently 
They wanted to be uh, sloppy and casual and anti-elegance, anti-money. Meanwhile, they all came from money, but they were these weird kids that pretended to be poor. Yeah. Like poverty is a wonderful thing. I was born in the Red Hook Projects. My mother and father were on welfare. It was wartime. Mm -hmm. So I certainly am not a privileged person, that's for sure. But these kids were privileged and they behave incorrectly. And I really, re- I really resent that. I wish that people, parents would teach their children today to be polite, to respect one another, not to insult one another, because verbal, bad verbal words hurt more than a, a smack in the face. Because a smack in the face, you forget. But verbal words that you call someone, they take with them to their grave. I know. I have mm-hmm. words that have been said to me that I will never get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible words dealing with being a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my life, when I was said, oh, you're, you act like a girl, you're a fag, that used to kill me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that used to just make me so sad and sorry. I would go home and I'd say, God, why did you make me this way? I want to be like all the other boys. I don't want to be called that name anymore. I didn't understand. And it was hard growing up. So people today that are having difficulty dealing with the world and growing up, patience. Give it time. It works out in the end. Um, I feel, in a way, the fact that they insulted me and called me all those horrible names when I was young made me the man I am today. Because I didn't want to be a plumber or an electrician. Nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want it. I wanted to show the world that being gay is clean, respectable, and good. It's just a different way of life. And that's why I I fought as a young fella at Stonewall, and I fought the police who abused us, and I fought a society that kept saying that we were degenerate, mentally ill, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And today I've become Ron Russell, who's a pretty well-known celebrity and well-respected, and that's what I wanted to do. Doing bad, in other words, I could have been a murderer or a bank robber and gone to prison, and my name would have been Ron Russell the bank robber. I didn't want that. I didn't want my name associated with anything bad. So I did good all of my life. My name is associated with good stuff, and that's the word I send out to everybody. Good goes a long way. Bad, uh uh-uh. Bad blows up back in your face. It backfires. So that's why I I am who I am. Um, Most of my friends who are very successful and famous, if you know who I am, you know who I know, they all came from rough times. Very few of them were uh, educated by parents that had lots of money. Uh, Those that were educated had to work as waiters, waitresses, and street cleaners to save up money to get even to go to a, a city college. Education is the answer. Uh, uneducated people don't know how to behave too well. They have a set of rules that were taught to them by other uneducated people. But all the people that I know that are very educated stand behind their education, and that makes them strong, and that makes them important, and that's what people respect about them. Mm -hmm. So education out there, kids, all you kids, go to school, learn, don't, don't, sit home listening to rock music stoned not going to get you anywhere unless you're going to be a rock player singer 
Yeah. And yeah, they're waiting for you to be a rock player, right? Yes, indeed. But I'll tell you. So, I mean, you know, when you get to be my age, you sound like an old goat. I mean, I sound like somebody's father. And I used to remember how I hated people that spoke like me. I'd, oh, shut up about years ago was better and stop preaching about being nice and wonderful. But when you're 80 years old, like I am, and you're ready to kick the bucket in a few years, you want to leave something behind that possibly can help some kid out there that's lost, like a gay boy who's 10 or 12 or 15 and he doesn't understand what gay is and he's terrified to tell his parents because they'll kick him in the street and he'll have nowhere to live so he lives in fear of being found out mm -hmm. you have no idea what that's like to live in fear of being found out every day is a challenge and you are constantly acting pretending to be tough and macho don't flip your wrist the wrong way because they'll read your beads and know that you're a girl, a faggot, a fairy, or whatever they want to call you. Mm -hmm. So I try to help the young out there and say, listen, become great. And when you're great, people won't care what you are. Exactly. Like, I wish we had a gay president. That would be nice for a change. Mm -hmm. I tell but you, I don't uh, think that's going to happen for centuries. It's funny being at, being an EMS all these years. You know, I've I've had partners who were gay. It's funny. I had one one partner. He stands out because he was one of my early ones, and his name was Larry Gay. And his, Larry Gay. Yeah, his, and he was. What a great way to sell your when, ass. Huh? When when Larry came out of the closet, Larry didn't just open the door and say, "Here I am," and shut it quietly behind him. Larry kicked the door open, jumped out in a pink spandex suit, an orange cape, and said, here I am, see me, love me. And he couldn't help but love him. He was such a great guy and a great paramedic. Well, I, I say to people, you know, if they get in my way and they start, you know you know what I don't like? Mm -hmm. um, I'm speaking to someone at a luncheon, we'll say, mm -hmm. and he'll say, oh, yes, Joe, my black friend, yeah. or Louie, my Jewish friend, or ron my gay friend mm -hmm. i don't understand why that title is before who i am or after my name yeah i think that is so wrong because how would you like it if i said oh my straight friend joe blow mm -hmm. or, and his and my straight friend's wife I mean, what does it mean straight gay black white gay yeah. jewish i mean what is that shit all about yeah it's my friend ron period exactly you know, Leave out the description. We're not stupid. We're not blind. When we meet the person, we'll pick up on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, how can you hide being black? You can't. Maybe being gay, you can hide a little bit, but you sure can't hide being black unless you're Lena Horn. Well, <laughs> and she never hid it anyway. Well, what was awesome so. about Larry is the county he worked for decided to change the good idea fairy came and decided to change everybody's <laughs> nameplate. So his first, it was their first initial, their last name, and their title. And his first initial was A, so his said A gay paramedic. A gay paramedic, I and love it, it. It lasted about a week because he took that and ran with it. It was so beautiful. He he was such a great guy. I would love to see him again. I've lost track him track of him over the years, but you know I look well, at maybe this he'll way. listen to your show and find you. That would be cool. And you know, I look at it this way. Is it my thing? No. But it is what it is. You've been married for nine years. How many straight people can say that? No, I was married for 16 years. Yeah. I have two daughters. I have a 51-year-old daughter who was uh, first runner-up in Miss America. Mm -hmm. And I have a 46-year-old a, a daughter who is outstanding in the world of uh, legal world. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my daughters live here in Palm Springs. They won't go away from me. Mm -hmm. Neither one are married, and they're straight. They're career women. They date very important men. They live a very beautiful life. They travel. They dine in the best restaurants. They wear the best clothes. They've achieved something. Mm -hmm. And being married is not their choice. They don't, because so many of their girlfriends were married or divorced, or the ones that are still married are miserable. For some reason, that generation screwed up on getting married. Yeah. My mother and father were married 50-something years. They killed each other in that marriage. I mean, they would scream through My father threw a chair through the kitchen window one day into the neighbor's patio. Mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of volatile family I came from. My mm -hmm. father was Italian from Italy with a terrible temper, and he was a boxer and a real butch guy, you know, who mm -hmm. beat the shit out of people if he didn't like you, put holes in the wall in the house when he got mad. And my mother was a tough woman. She was an actress. Her name was Jenny Gabriel. She was a child silent actress and a great beauty. And my father was insanely jealous. So he would follow her around, make sure nobody looked at her. It was a hard life for her. Mm -hmm. So I came from a family of tough people. We loved each other. Uh, we never parted. They all died pr practically in my arms. Um, and my children were raised that way. I firmly believe what you put into your children, you get back. Yeah. And I gave up my life. Well, my wife, my wife was a drunk and a real piece of work. She took a powder and left me with the girls. She didn't want to raise her daughters. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't heard from her in over 35 years. We just found out recently that she had died from emphysema, from smoking herself to death. Um, I raised my daughters singularly. I was the first Mr. Mom ever. Mm-hmm. I stopped working in film, and I, I, the last thing I did, I think, was a Charlie's Angel, the, the TV show, and I stopped working. No, no, it was with Brenda Vaccaro. It was called Sarah. Mm -hmm. I stopped working, and I stayed home raising my kids. Luckily, I was a hairstylist at the time, you know, years back, so I was able to get a job on the weekends in a beauty salon to support us. It wasn't easy. Um, I did the best I could, but I gave them love and I was with them all the time and they were my friends mm -hmm. and it paid off because my daughters said to each other, one of us has to live in the same state as daddy because daddy's growing old and he may need us. So what the two of them took an apartment together here in Palm Springs, 10 minutes away. Now, how many kids do that today? Not many. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know so I believe you you get back what you put in. If you don't love your children or show them love, you're going to have kids that don't give a shit about you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. You know, I've got two daughters. They're 19 and 17. And, you know, I'm we're, we're blessed enough. Both of them are upstairs right now. You're If you listen to this thing close, you're liable to hear them giggling in the background because my mic picks them up sometimes. Are your kids listening to this? No, right now they're not, but they'll probably listen later on. Which, oh, how old? How old are they? Nineteen and seventeen. I've never sheltered them. Oh no, nineteen you, you and seventeen. Can't shelter they, anymore. they could. They could teach you. Come on, you yeah. can, kids today know everything. Yeah, but the neat thing about them is, if, if they met you, they would call you sir, and they would. And well, we, I don't we raised them with manners, and that's yeah. A, but that's a wonderful. Sir is a little. Sir is a little stiff for me. If I met your kids, I'd like them to call me Ron. Uh, I yeah. understand what you're saying, though, yeah. sir, is the thing. I never disrespected any of my parents' friends. Yeah. 
I never called them by their first names. It was always Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. Yeah. Um, so we, we didn't do sir, but we did proper last names. Yeah. But that's a day, that's an era gone by. You know, it's no yeah. more. What we have now are very angry, volatile college people who are trying to express themselves, but they don't understand how. Yeah. Yeah. My generation of the days of, of the hippies, let's say, peace, love, and brotherhood. Everybody thought we were weird and stupid and crazy and doped up drug addicts. Some were, not everyone. Mm -hmm. But the message that we sent out was brotherly love, peace among each other. And it was a beautiful time because everybody was really trying to push peace and loving each other. And it didn't matter who you were or what you were or what color you were. We loved everybody. Yeah. I wish we could go back to that time and stop this this anger that we have going on. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like everybody right now is getting offended by everything. And, you know, some things, yeah, I can dig it. But every little thing in the world just pisses somebody off. And it's aggravating. That's ridiculous. You know, just, I, I know that. Let, I mean, I have, I, I have to watch my ass on what I write on Facebook or what I say on our TV show or in interviews. God forbid I say something they don't like. you got to hear, I'm a racist, I'm a this, I'm a, they call me all these horrible names. And I say to them, I write back, you don't even know me. Yeah. Who the fuck are you to judge me? You don't, You have never met me, you've never spoken to me. In your imbecilic mind, you, re, you, wrote, you read what I wrote incorrectly. Because half of them don't know how to read. You, anyway, I, um, Palm Springs is beautiful. 103 today. Holy crap! Thank God it's yeah. Thank God it's cloudy, so we may be only 95, which is a cold day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I love living here. It's very nice. Good oh, place to retire. Have you ever been to Palm Springs? I have not. The only time I ever went to California was when I was 16. I rode out there with my brother in his truck, and we went to Bakersfield. Oh, God, that's like, you know, cow country. Yeah, yeah, that was in the middle of nowhere. Right. But um, I'm actually planning a trip out there toward the next spring. To well, California. let us know when you're coming. We'll hook up with you in L.A. Oh, that would be we go, we go in, Yeah, we go into L.A. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we go to, because uh, I have three movies that are coming out now. Mm -hmm. Uh I have I have to push it a little bit. Otherwise, oh, you push, man. That's what we hear. I'm not gonna. I hate doing it. Quigley, no, not Quigley. I'm sorry. Uh, what the hell is it called? I forgot. It's not a good one, so I, let's forget it. The good one is uh, Clown Fear. Uh -huh. It's a very good movie, and my favorite movie is The Big Friggin' Rat. That's a great movie. That's nice. a good, all horror movies, by the way. Scary, oh, scary movies. And oh. um, forgot. Oh, yeah, so we go into all the red carpets we used to before the uh, the, the virus. Mm -hmm. Now we don't go into L.A. at all. We're trapped in the house, and it stinks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not happy being stuck in the house. You know, I'm 80. What have I got left? 10 if I'm lucky? I don't expect to spend 10 years in a mask. Yeah. Not seeing friends or going to parties. Wouldn't that be sad? That would be. Um, I tell you, you know, I'm just ready for this thing to be over. Well, I am too. Yeah. I don't understand how it started. Yeah. This is what I want to know. I mean, yes, it's here. Yes, we're dealing with it. Yes, it will go away. Yes, we will have a vaccine. But how did it start? Where did it come from? Yeah. 
This, I think Donald Trump knows those answers, but he's not telling anybody. I don't think Washington will let us know ever, because I think if we found out that it was a deliberate attempt to destroy the economy of America via the world, which they suspect it is, um, I don't know. That's not nice. That's a very nasty thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hate this virus. I hate everything about it. I feel so sorry for the families who have lost people because yeah, of this virus. Because I've, I've been elbow deep in this thing, you know, working on ambulance, and I've seen it take people that, you know, it don't discriminate, not a bit. It'll take old, young, gay, yeah, straight, every, everybody. black, white, it don't yeah. matter. you got to stay in the house, wear a mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and six feet apart. What a horrible way to live. Yeah. It's like being in jail, you know, march, don't 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 talk to your fellow inmate and you're not getting out for 10 years. Yeah. That's terrible. Now, where what, what is it like where you live in Atlanta uh, in uh, in Georgia? You're not you how far are you from Atlanta again? I'm about 20 miles south. Oh, 20 miles south of Atlanta. Yeah. All right, Fayetteville. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. I go to uh, we're going to go to Atlanta. Um we have. I have two movies. When, when we're ready to shoot, mm-hmm. I'm in two movies that we're shooting in Atlanta. Also, nice. a movie in Memphis, Tennessee. Nice. And then I think in November, one in New York, which we're probably not going to go to because New York is a mess. Mm-hmm. How's Atlanta doing with the virus? It's doing pretty good. I thought once the state opened back up, everything was going to spike really bad, but it really hasn't. I've seen a lot less in the last few weeks than I have in a long time. So you think you got it under control? I, I wouldn't go that far, but it's not as bad as now as it was as it should have been. Right. Good. That's good news. And, you know, everybody's wearing their masks like they're supposed to. It drives me crazy to see somebody wearing a mask and their nose uncovered. Oh, yeah, well, I say to them, you know, you're endangering your life, not mine. Because I'm wearing a mask, but your life is in danger. Because the mask is not worn so you don't get the virus. The mask is worn so you don't spread the virus. Exactly. And these people that are walking around with a mask, they think they're going to live forever and they're infallible. No, they're going to, God forbid, get sick. Yeah. Uh -uh, uh -uh. And I I saw a a quote the other day that it tickled me. Um, Somebody put on Twitter... They said, uh, if you don't like wearing a mask, or if you think wearing a mask is unnecessary, what do you hear about seatbelts? And <laughs> that's the truth. Well, it's the truth. It's yeah. the truth. People are stupid. There are people out there who believe the virus is a hoax. Mm. They said it's Trump's way of punishing us. I mean, you're fucking nutty people. Yeah. But anyway, you know, Palm Springs was not hit by it badly mm-hmm. because we shut down. Yeah. And the Coachella Valley has about 800,000 people that live in it. And I think we had 32 cases, which is unbelievable with that amount of people. Then Palm Springs opened up restaurants and stores. Everybody from L.A. came in, San Francisco and surrounding cities. And now we shut down again. And now we have a lot of lot of cases of uh, virus. Mm hmm. So the people that came in from L.A. weren't wearing masks. Mm. They were walk. I saw them on Palm Canyon Drive. They were walking around with shopping bags like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And that's why they made us get polluted. So now we've shut down again. And hopefully 
they won't be coming back yeah to pollute us you know if you're going to come into palm springs respect it wear a mask exactly you know and it's like i say the mask isn't for me is for you and it's just exactly. a respect thing you know? exactly exactly because well how I'm, many well yeah i'm not, i might be able to survive this thing you know i'm you know relatively young i'm 48 oh you're but, a kid but i you're could give kid. it to you and it could take you out quick you know, and it's no, no, it never could respect. take me out of you. Well, nothing no could way. take you out. You're Listen, tougher. You're tougher than no, you, you want to know. Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid, my school was one. No, it was a half a block from the East River. <clears throat> there was a park in between. Mm-hmm. At noontime, all the kids. <clears throat> excuse me, morning voice. <laughs> all the kids would swim in the East River. Mm-hmm. Now, what was floating by me in the East River? Because the sewer used to open up to the East River. Mm-hmm. Condoms tied in a knot with solution in the condom. Mm-hmm. Urine from the toilets went in. Lumps of caca used to float by. We'd say, hey, the meat's coming, and we push it away with our hands. <laughs> I think our immune system got very strong from swimming in that filthy, dirty, disgusting sewer. Yeah, you're safe. <laughs> Because the doctors say it might, I mean, I go for every test there is because I promised my kids for my 80th birthday, I would have every hole in my body examined. Mm-hmm. And they did. And thank God everything is okay. And the doctor said, for a man your age, you don't look your age, and for a man your age, you really have young insights. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an overactive uh, immune system. Mm-hmm. That's why I have aches and pains. You, you could probably... So I believe... You could probably yeah. eat raw chicken while French kissing somebody with COVID and come out healthier than you started. <laughs> I think I could. I think I would be able to kick it. I'm not uh, ill. You know, I'm not a weakling or sickly. I'm not a nursing home candidate yeah. yet. But um, it's a terrible thing. Let's go on to funny stuff. Let's get happy and up. Hey, it works. Um, yeah, it works for me too. But you know, sometimes you have to do the real with the with the with the fake. Yeah, the fake is the happy stuff. That's the silly stuff. Uh, let's talk about Hollywood. My favorite conversation. You know, I have not uh, been, and I would love to go. And oh, it stinks! Hollywood today is crap. It's nothing. I'm talking about Hollywood in the 1950s and 60s when I was a kid, and I used to go to all the parties with with movie stars would be there and. So I was an actor, and I was a damn good-looking kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so they used to invite me, I guess, as bait, you know, to, for whoever wanted me. But of course, I never did anything. But back then, if you were a young, good-looking gay guy, they'd invite you to parties so that the actors that were famous could hit on you and have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Because those actors weren't able to go out looking for a, a hot number for the night. I, of course, was never part of that. My upbringing was totally, no, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was invited. And I remember watching Tallulah Bankhead, for those of you who know who she is, get drunk and act stupid. Um, just so many movie stars that were mm-hmm. so not themselves off camera. I was good friends with Betty Davis in her last years of life. Mm-hmm. And she had a mouth on her like mine, and she drank a lot and smoked a lot. And she was abroad. Mm-hmm. She was not an elegant woman like you saw on the screen. Mm-hmm. Rita Hayworth lived across the street from me when I lived in Beverly Hills, and I would see her as mm-hmm. an old woman, and I had never met her. 
And one day I ran into her in the street and I said, hello, Rita Hayworth. And she said, oh, hello, I remember you from, and then she kept going on and on. She never met me, mm. but her mind was gone. She had Alzheimer's. Mm. The legends of Hollywood were studio trained and the PR people put out pictures and stories about them that were never true. Yeah. Joan Crawford was not the mother of the year as we know as she always wanted to be portrayed as the best mother there was. Today, they don't do that anymore. Now we saw Britney Spears get out of a, 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 a car with her legs open and her bush was showing. That never would have been in my day because they, the press would never have released, released such a picture. Yeah. Today, they talk about the celebrities like they're trash. Um, Pamela Anderson has video of giving head to her boyfriend. Mm. Why? I mean, yeah. so my idea of Hollywood today is sensationalism. Uh, get it dirty, get it nasty, and get it sold. Mm -hmm. Movies have to be vulgar, a lot of cursing, a lot of whatever, whatever, because that's what appeals to people. Mm -hmm. I do it on my show. Sometimes I say to Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, I really don't want to curse anymore because it does attract people who like that. Yeah. And I think I would like to attract people who don't like it as well. But we have to be wild and we have to be gay. And today is vulgarity and uh, crazy talk. Yeah. You can't do a, a good conversational interview with somebody. Yeah. Although you can, I have with some. You know, I talked to um, Kurt Schlarbaum a while ago, and we were actually talking about that a little bit. And, you know, I do stand-up in my act. You know, I cuss at it. I'm grown. I'm yeehaw. But uh, I've got a good friend named Josh Harris who invited me to be in a show last year called The, the Funniest Docs in the South, which I was the only one there that wasn't a doctor. But I told him I was a ditch doctor. Right. And, uh, you know, he asked me, he said, can you do a clean set? I'm like, sure, not a problem. Because I don't really tell dirty jokes. I just, I cuss a lot. And uh, we were sitting down for rehearsal. You know, it was kind of like doing a table read. And I think I had the word crap in my act. And he asked me, he said, can you please replace that one? And I said, that's not a problem. You know, I mean, it's his show. I'm going to respect what he wants me to do. But writing that clean set, it was it was more challenging and it was actually more fun and I did a lot better show doing that clean set. But I mean, well, you know, it, it proves you don't have to do it, but you can. I did stand up for forty five years. Okay, yeah. in between raising my kids, getting a gig when I could, yeah. and I worked all these straight clubs. I didn't work gay clubs. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't as dirty mouthed as I am now, I was more double entendre, you know, kind of insinuating yeah. humor. And I found that that kind of humor went further than the word fuck. Yeah, but today, they, the, kid, the kid, young audiences don't get that sort of humor anymore. Yeah. So you have to say fuck, because fuck, shit, they understand the word fuck. They use it all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just feel that if you're really funny, you don't have to do it. But yes, we had to do it because that's what people expected. They wanted to be shocked. Mm -hmm. Go out there and shock them. Let them go, oh my God, look at what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's what my career has been based on lately because people say Ron is unfiltered, uncensored. He says what he wants and he doesn't care. Um, yes, correct. But I don't say anything that hurts anybody or insults anybody, 
or makes anybody feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I do, I do it in a way that it's funny. Yeah. And that's 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 the uh, the trick to the trade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my I, phone I, is getting hot. Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to get ear cancer? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Oh man. Um, well, Ron, you yeah. know you're welcome on here anytime. All you got to do is call and say, "Fat boy, let's record." And you know, I'm I'm here. Well, that's good, but I think I've yeah. I've said enough about a lot. Mm-hmm. There ain't too much left to say, <clears throat> except educate. Respect each other, love each other, take care of yourself, wear a mask, do what they say. They may know more than we know. Um, I I feel that if we didn't have our audiences, we would have nothing. And we have to protect our audiences by telling them, do what's, do what's, do what's right. If you do what's right, you'll never go wrong. Right? That's the truth. Hey, it's been terrific. Good luck. Jeez, <clears throat> my throat. <clears throat> but you know what it is? The sand, the winds are blowing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the sand, very fine, dusty sand, comes off the mountains. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, it gets through the windows somehow, and it, and it goes in your throat. It's yeah. called desert throat. Mm-hmm. That's why people, when they come here to perform at our clubs, mm-hmm. they run in, run in, and run out because they don't want to get desert throat. Hmm. Okay. You're a good guy. You're a good host. You have a nice show. And thank you so much for having me on it. It was fun. And I hope I didn't bore everybody. Oh, no. If if anybody's bored, they're dead. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. That'll work.